Dear listener, we're really sorry about the poor audio quality in this week's show. This is because Andy used the wrong microphone and wouldn't stop scratching his beard, which is apparently very itchy. But it's still a great show, so give it a listen, and we'll do better next week. This is Unfinished Business, a weekly discussion show about the business end of web design and creative industries, and today is Friday, March 15th, 2013. This is episode 10! 10! I'm Andy Clark, and I'm joined by my co-host, the fabulous, if a little bizarre, Anna Debenham. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) More about the bizarre stuff (laughs) in the after hours, I think. This show wouldn't be possible without our two fantastic sponsors, Typecast and the Beyond Teleround Conference. With Typecast, you can quickly style type in the browser and check for readability, rendering and beauty as you work. And Beyond Teleround, a conference and workshop event for the web community. Beyond Teleround is happening May 27th to the 29th in Dusseldorf in Germany. We'll talk more about those two later in the show. Hello. Hello. So you can find all the links that we mentioned in this episode in the show notes there at unfinished.bz forward slash 10. We made How it. are you doing, Andy? Oh, I'm doing all right. We made it to episode 10. <laughs> but I bet Paul Boag didn't think we'd do it. <laughs> I think he was oh. going to write us off after, what was it, episode three or something? Uh, I think it was two. <laughs> we'll outlast him, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I hope you can't hear this, but there's rain banging off my skylights in my studio. So I'll apologise now for the weather that's happening outside. <laughs> I, can't, I can't shut it up. So, uh, on the subject of podcasts, though, um, I listened to a new one this week. Oh, yeah. Um, Hired. Ooh. Yeah, it's a new podcast hosted by Cameron Moll and Adam Spooner. They're the guys from Authentic Jobs. What's it about? It's basically about company culture and what it's like to work inside companies. Oh, nice. And, you know, all about being hired and stuff. And their first guest was Josh Brewer from Twitter. Oh, nice. I know, it makes a lot of sense, Josh. Yeah, he's good. He sounds, sounds a lot more intelligent than I could. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting, really interesting. They had this great discussion about the different teams that they have at Twitter and how mm. um, how they kind of, you know, the, the researchers work with, you know, the product designers and how they've got people that focus on specific things. But, you know, everybody's there, in, well, most, mostly everybody's there in San Francisco. Yeah. And, uh, no, really fascinating. Oh, I'll have to have a listen to that. Makes me jealous a bit sometimes. I, I listen to things like that and I think, oh, oh yeah, I kind of miss out just you know being here. Yeah, when I'm working with other kind of other people who sort of work at a company and kind of things like Christmas bonuses or um, yeah, company lunches, it's kind of can be a bit lonely being a freelancer. I mean, I don't miss, I don't miss the meetings and the general kind of company nonsense that you often get corporate emails corporate emails jesus no <laughs> can't imagine um and you know maybe having to carry two laptops i met my friend aaron in london yesterday mm. um i've talked about what we've been building in a minute but he's been <laughs> here's the here's the hail this is gonna not get any better <laughs> so the rain can you actually hear that i can yeah I was going to say, if it wasn't being picked up by this microphone, we'd have wow, to... Wow, it sounds like you're in the shower. Wow. These are big-ass hailstones. <laughs> oh, well, we'll carry a little stop in a minute. This is Wales. It'll be sunny in a minute. 
Anyway, so yeah, I met my friend Aaron down in London, and uh, we grabbed a coffee. We're talking about this thing that we're building, and he's carrying two laptops. You know, he's carrying his his own little Mac. There goes the hail. Um, And he's carrying his company laptop, you know, bloody great Dell or Lenovo or whatever it is that he had in his bag. You know, don't miss any of that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, I do do sometimes wish that I could go and work in office for a bit. I suppose that's why these co-working spaces are popular, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I know a lot of freelancers who kind of go to coffee shops to work just because they're sick of kind of being at home all the time and... I can see why people do that. I'm really enjoying like all the work that I do at the moment is is sort of on site, so I feel like I work at a company, but I don't have the kind of I've got a bit more flexibility over when I work, and um, so it's kind of best of both worlds, really. Mm. I tell you what, I don't miss having to commute across London a few oh, times. Yeah, I'm having to do that now on Thursday. Oh God, what a nightmare! <laughs> I mean, maybe it's just me because you know I don't go to London that often, or. I don't see people very much. <laughs> Everybody looks so blooming miserable. Yep. <laughs> and stressed and generally kind of grey. And I stood there um, waiting for my train from Houston, watching people, you know, doing that thing where they didn't know which platform the train was going to go from. So they're all crowding, hovering around the board, yeah. waiting for the number to come up. And then the moment it comes up. Yeah, and then you get this sea of people. (laughs) I don't think I could do that. I mean, I I did used to travel into London years ago by train, but I I wouldn't want to do that again. Yeah, I'm doing that every day now. And, yeah, it's difficult. It's it's tiring. Um, Being on a train, I think just travelling in general is, is quite tiring, but especially when you're around so many people, and you kind of you you got very little personal space and um like i i'd like to do work on the train but often i can't because it's so it's so squashed and um you know i've got like my my little laptop kind of perched on my knees and oh don't get um, me started on that yeah do i really hate i mean sometimes i'll know that i'm going down like a week in advance and i'll book a train ticket and i'll try to get a table yeah um but it drives me flipping nuts when somebody has got a table and you you know i want to work i want to sit there i've got my yep. it's not a huge laptop it's not like some bloody great dell thing you know it's you know, a nice little macbook air and i'm sitting there. i don't need a lot of space but it's hard doing things on your knee yeah. and yet somebody's got the table opposite from you which they're not using which they've only got like a mills and boone and a sandwich on or they'll yeah. just sit there with their blackberry and it's like jesus if you don't if you're not going to use the table yeah which has usually got the powerpoint next to it don't don't have the table i'm gonna <laughs> or they'll they'll have their handbag sitting there you know they'll have it on the table i've been thinking about having some stickers made where i can do some kind of like gorilla uh sticking which is basically just to make up a little not that sort of gorilla <laughs> the other sort of gorilla the less interesting sort of gorilla the, i have some stickers made which just basically say for laptop users only and stick them like on the little <laughs> wall bit by the table. If that's all you've got to worry about, then you're very lucky. I did do this thing, that's naughty really, but I, I did in the past take photographs of people. Um, oh, yeah. Table hoggers um, <laughs> and, and stick them up on Twitter. I shouldn't really do that. The table hoggers don't annoy me as much as the seat hoggers. The people have like, oh, my bag is sitting there. 
and there's like hundreds of people just standing in the doors just looking for somewhere to sit and yeah that so you know the, the table people they're mildly annoying but not as much as the kind of the people on their phone having a conversation about their bikini wax oh and, i sat behind two guys on the train on the way down to London this week, and they were meeting a client who was called Mr. Jones, I think, and they were meeting him at 2pm of the lobby of the Hilton Hotel. <laughs> and like, everybody in the carriage knew their plans for the afternoon. I tweeted about this, and people were suggesting that actually I went about five minutes to two <laughs> trying to see who Mr. Jones was, and kind of like in some kind of movie, you're going... <laughs> divert him take him somewhere else and then on the way home this guy was sat behind this guy and you can't help overhear conversations can you yeah especially when they're they're very very loud conversations yeah and he lived at number six abbott road in some town or another and if you were the guy delivering the parcel then he wanted you to leave it behind the wheelie bin (laughs) i'm thinking all i have to do now is to get off because i know he's not home you know i just need to tweet somebody so (laughs) I don't understand how people can have professional well, or personal conversations They'll be buying something. The they'll train. be buying something from a catalogue and reading out their credit card number. I sat. Just... Oh, no, <laughs> I know. I did sit. The most serious one was oh, I was going up to Glasgow um, a few months ago, and I sat opposite a guy who was filling out his details in a form for a security pass for a nuclear facility. <laughs> Professor something from near Warrington. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, you should put those stupid, like, films over your laptop screens that they seem to have in companies, you know, where, you know, you, you can only look at it head on. Yeah. Um, but, you know. I'd just... like to get one of them just because I get so paranoid, like, that people are looking what Not that it matters that I'm doing CSS or something, but I just feel a bit self-conscious. Mm. I know, it's just, it's the fun thing that gets me. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm glad that I'm not up and down to London all the time. I don't, I don't envy you that one. Yeah. What else have we been doing this week? Uh, I've been working on this little open source library. Oh yeah, Rockhammer. Rockhammer, and we are ready to roll on it now. And you probably saw me struggling with. Well, in fact, we spoke about it struggling with <laughs> yeah. GitHub today. Oh, that's. Oh, it just baffles me. I mean. I know that there's, with anything that you've got to learn, there's like a, you know, there's a little bit of, should be a barrier to entry or a bit of a learning curve. But what gets me about so many of these kind of developery things like GitHub is there's no, there's no sort of soft beginnings to it. I mean, literally, I, I'm, we managed through your help anyway, I managed to get the files up onto GitHub. Mm. And that took me an hour or something. Yeah. And then I thought, right, what I want to do is I want to create one of those really nice kind of uh, pages, like the front page of uh, Bootstrap, for example, on GitHub. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, you can click the link and you can find out how to, uh, you know, it says, yeah, simple steps to create a GitHub page. Yeah, I've been doing the same thing. Two paragraphs down and you're in the bloody command line. Yeah, yeah. And I've been trying to do, I'm trying to set that up on my computer and I had, because I think you've got to download Xcode and I had some problem with some headers were missing and then I had to do it. It's like I got so far away from what I was doing that by the time I kind of fixed the thing, it was broken. I've forgotten what I was even 
trying to do. And then there's another one where it said, all you need to do is you just need to create a branch or publish a branch that's called something or other. It's like a GH page, whatever, prefix. Um, now, if you don't know anything about branching, I mean, I can understand, oh, I'm going to branch the thing and I'm going to create a separate version. Or I can kind of understand the concept of it, but I've got no bleeding clue how to do it. And then, you know, you create a branch and it publishes it and that's like, oh, well, that didn't do anything. Yeah. And then somebody on Twitter said, well, all you need to do is you just need to create an empty <laughs> branch and then drag your stuff into there. Now, that sounds really simple. You know, create an empty branch and then put your files in there. So that's what I did. And then I go into the finder on the Mac and I can't see anything to drag my files into. The folder is still the same. Yeah. And there's this kind of assumption amongst developers. I'm sure that they just... You know, they just assume that, you know, we understand all of these concepts. And it's getting more and more important for me to understand a bit of GitHub. You know, I'm not saying... I think it's got a bit of legacy. I think it's, you know, it it was originally for developers and now more and more designers are using it. I mean, a um, project I was last working on, we had sort of content editors um, signing up to to GitHub. And it was, you know, it's very difficult to to go from something that is very kind of developer-oriented, has this kind of, it's got its own language... And then to you, you can't just throw all that away because that would really upset developers. Um, but yeah, it's it's getting better though. I think you know when they came out with that the GitHub app, it's not it's not perfect by any means, but it's so much better than you know telling telling a content editor oh you have to use a command line. Yeah, I mean it. To be honest, it just it's frustrating, but it makes me feel stupid because I think surely it can't be that hard. Yeah, and yet. You know, you get to the bottom of a paragraph where it tells you to do a certain thing and you hit the command line or whatever. And the number of times where I've, I've found little things like that where I've needed to go into terminal, which is, you know, a bit of a scary place. Yeah. And then, you know, you get, like, an error message back that, oh, I've got no blooming idea what, what it's about. Yeah, yeah, and you Google it. And, and then you Google it and then you realise that, yeah. It's, it's a whole rabbit hole. Yeah, I don't want to do that. So I just, I mean, I put a tweet out today. It's like, I would love to help GitHub. Um, you know, I'd like to show them how stupid I am. <laughs> or how stupid it makes me feel and then maybe you know we can work on some stuff yeah with the, the thing with um the github pages i had a look at that and got really excited and you know this is going to make sort of this is going to make my sort of console documentation it's i'm going to use that and and it just took so long to get my head around it and, and i was looking up tutorials and um and you're clever imagine I'd, how i feel it, it's something that I thought I'd be comfortable doing, and you know, I'm fairly comfortable in the command um, on terminal. But um, it wasn't. Uh, there were so many things that prerequisites that it wasn't very clear up front. You know, I'd, I'd really like them to make that better, and I hope they're. I hope they're working on it because it's such a useful tool. It it looks like. Mm. And I really want to. I really want to have all my stuff on GitHub. You know, especially this new thing. This rock hammer thing is looking yeah. really nice now. I think. I think a good place to start with GitHub, I know there's all of these kind of um, Git for designer sites and um, there was a good podcast uh, on the web ahead which was all about Git and sort of how do you set up if you're, you know, if you've never used it before um, and I'll put the link to that in the show notes just for anyone who's who's looking at getting started on it. And me. <laughs> and you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have a listen to that. It's quite long. It's about two hours long. But it really, it's really important to understand kind of the fundamentals of how Git works, things like what is branching, what's forking, what's merging, rebasing, that sort of thing. Because they use that language a lot and it can be very, 
very daunting. I still find it daunting and I've been using it for months and yeah, I think it's, that's a good resource anyway. Mm. No, I know. It's one of those things that I just need to do. But Rockhammer is going to be out on Monday, I think, by the time we put the show out. Cool. Um, so it's, I'm really quite pleased with it. Actually, Aaron finished off doing the JavaScript work, mm-hmm. uh, or the initial JavaScript work. So Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to giving that go. And uh, got a couple of sites that would be useful for that. I've sent it over to the guys at Hammer um, because they're going to be making an announcement. There's, an, um, there's a new version of Hammer, mm-hmm. um, which has got a really, really fabulous bit of functionality in it that I'm not... Oh, I heard it does... Um... No, no, no. No. What? What? no, maybe this is something that you heard that you're not supposed to say. N- no, I'm sure I saw on Twitter or something. About what? But I won't say it, just in case. <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> Don't say it, because there, there they're really, really working hard on Hammer, and there is some really good stuff coming Sh- up. Shall I, sh- I whisper it? What? Yeah, we'll t- <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you what, whisper it, and then we'll just we'll just bleep it out if you... If, if, okay. Go on, was it? Um, compression? Oh, no, 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 no. The optimization stuff's all in there already. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> it's not as intuitive as... As I thought it would be, it creates kind of weird file name stuff, which they told me about. Um, so it's it, it works differently to something like CodeKit, for example. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, that's an oh no no that's that's I would just expect it to do that. <laughs> the new stuff is uh, is even is even cooler. But anyway, we're not allowed to say anything about it. <laughs> we're not allowed to say anything about it. <coughs> Templates. Um, <laughs> But apart from that, um, I've been finding it, it's been a bit of an odd week. Um, I went to a, um, I was at home on Monday, I went to a a conference on Tuesday. There was this Camp Digital event up in Manchester. And some people that I know, Steph Troth and David Hordale and Chris Mills, big Chris Mills. Yay, Mills. Was speaking, um, and he was doing a talk in the afternoon, an hour on... Uh, CSS3 layouts, you know, the new stuff. Oh, yeah. Flexbox and these new layout properties, which, as I'm doing a workshop later on in the year on exactly that, I thought, I better go and learn. <laughs> well, I've got to hear his take on it. So, <laughs> Copy all this content. Yeah, but I tell you what the hard thing is, is that Chris was showing off the new syntax and showing it off in Chrome, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be how the new Opera with WebKit is going to work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Rachel Andrew wrote a really good little pocket guide for oh, five yeah. simple steps. And she did a podcast, um, I think it was on the web ahead. It was with Jen. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, 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 that was yeah. really good. And, but they're always talking about the new syntax, which is where, where we should start now. You know, we should always be thinking about the new syntax going forward because it's pretty stable now and it's, yep. it's, you know, it's in the spec and Chrome is definitely the best in terms of support at the moment. Yeah. But if you want to get things working in anything else, I mean, I opened up my little test files I've been making, and I opened them up in Safari thinking, it can't be that different. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, hmm, okay. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, so that's the hard thing, because what I want to do for this workshop is I want to obviously do the whole kind of backwards compatibility thing as yeah. well. But when it's kind of sideways compatibility. Oh. So... Yeah, that was good. I went to that on Tuesday. Uh, I had a meeting in Birmingham on Wednesday. I was down in London on Thursday and had like five meetings in one day. Mm-hmm. So I've just had this kind of, I don't know, I'm feeling a bit a bit kind of strung out at the moment because 
you know what it was like? I, I told you that last year um, I was doing those big contracts most of the time. Mm-hmm. I, I was working, I was doing two, two weeks a month for the government and then I was doing a week a month for Scottish TV. And that left me basically one week a month to do anything else or not do anything at all if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, those, those contracts aren't running at the moment. So we filled the time, but we filled the time with regular projects. Yeah. And now, um, you know, now I'm starting one thing on a Monday and hopefully finishing on a Friday. And yeah, there is actually a bit of overlap. And, you know, moving from one thing, one very different thing to another very different thing, you know, in, in the space of a week. Mm. Um, and I'm finding that a bit hard, to be honest. Yeah, like you, you're kind of working on so many different things. It, it's it's hard to concentrate on that when you when you do get there. It's like you, you were saying, was it last week, about um, how you like to work on one project a week. Mm. And, you know, that does work. It really simplifies it for me. But yeah. So when you have to switch from doing that to doing lots of different things at once. It's... Yeah, it's, yeah I'm just, I'm, hopefully I'll get over this little hump and mm. we'll get a few of these little stragglers out of the way yeah. um, and a few things finished off and then, then I'll be back to kind of, you know, feeling a little bit more relaxed. But, yeah, it's been, a bit of a, been an odd week this week. Laura, wrote, uh, Laura Cowbag wrote a really good post on burnout um, this week. And she talks about how she's kind of, she's been working on a lot of projects all at once. And um, I think one of the projects is kind of the scheduling's gone off and she's also had to speak at a conference. Um, and it's just, it's just making her kind of exhausted. And I think that's something that probably every freelancer has experienced or will experience at some point. Um, and it's really important. She, she talks about how it's really important to sort of be aware that it's happening before it gets too far. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah, like you say, we've all experienced it to one level or another, I suppose. Yeah. And even if it's just happening a bit, it can really affect the work that you're doing, you know, because you're less, like she's saying, she feels sort of less sharp and less focused. Um, and sometimes, sometimes you can, you can just about maintain it. You know, you, you get a rhythm going and, you know, you're working hard and there's lots of stuff and one thing follows another. Um, but you, you keep it rolling. Yeah. And then sometimes all it takes, and I've experienced this in the past, where just one thing is like, just upsets the rhythm. Yeah. And then, I mean, I've, you know, like, did I say last week or something about hitting the wall in the bedroom? Yeah, yeah. Smashing my hand. Um, yeah, and I'm, I'm usually a fairly kind of a placid guy. <laughs> but, yeah, you just get to the point and it's like this kind of overwhelming, well, for me, it was kind of anger, really. I yeah. was being angry at anybody else. Was, yeah, it was, yeah, I suppose. So, yeah, I feel, I feel for Laura, really. Yeah, and it's, it's something that, I find often when I get burnt out, I, I get ill, like I'll get a cold or something, uh, because I haven't been looking after myself properly. And, and that just makes it even worse because you're, you're ridiculously busy and you're ill. Yeah. Well, it's kind of your body telling you to stop. We'll have to send her our love really because she's going to be a guest host on the show coming up too. Ooh. Oh, I want to interview her. Well, you can have her on another time. It was my choice. My choice. Oh, I want to backseat her. <laughs> you could actually do it together almost because you both of your soft southerners 
But uh, no, because you're off on holiday, I think, next week. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to be doing the show with Laura. So I'm looking forward to that. And you can have her on again at some point. Oh, well. <laughs> Unless she doesn't want to come back. <laughs> yeah, don't scare her off. <laughs> so do you want to tell me about Typecast? Yeah. So Typecast. Um, if you're a front-end developer like me, you probably get sent a lot of Photoshop files. And often the fonts in the design, they, they look very different to how they should on the screen. And that can be quite upsetting. Um, and this is because Photoshop can't take into account different rendering engines or operating systems. Some projects I've worked on, we've had to just completely change the fonts that we use because they were so difficult to read in, in some browsers. And that's not something we could have known by just looking at a Photoshop file. It's also really difficult to try out web fonts from services if um, if they're not already installed on the designer system, you know, if they're kind of web fonts. And that makes it really difficult to demonstrate typography options with a client. So I was really happy when I found out about um, Typecast because I'm always talking about front-end style guides. And Typecast is basically a way for designers to create a typographic uh, style guide that can be used in development. And there are over 23,000 web fonts from all the major font services to choose from. It's really good at helping you set type in the browser. And you can paste in your own content to, to see exactly how that type is going to render when the design's implemented. And you can test all different kinds of HTML elements and apply different styles to them. And it generates this nice style sheet that you can paste straight into your CSS file. Or you can export it and use it to discuss type choices with clients and share a special page with your remote clients too. It helps you make really beautiful, readable web typography. And I seriously love designers who use Typecast because it means I don't have to waste their time asking stupid questions like what's the line height or what's the font size here? And there are plans available starting at $29 per month for a personal plan and $59 per month for a team plan of up to three people. There are plans for larger teams too, so just go and have a look at the site because it does a way better job at explaining how it all works than I do. And they've got a really nice video there you can watch that sort of shows how it all works. So you can find out more at typecast.com forward slash unfinished. That's ah, good typecast. It is. I if, seriously, if you haven't if you haven't had a look at it, just just have a look now because I'm sure I'm sure you'll find it useful. Well, I got an email from an agency down in London. Uh, a week or so ago and they'd seen the slide deck from my responsive workshop mm-hmm. and they'd seen me uh, they'd seen me featuring uh, a website that they'd done for uh, a famous chef not, not going to say who the chef is of course <coughs> Jamie, Jamie <laughs> Oliver and um, they were saying you know can you tell me what you know what you were saying about the site well, they weren't you know they weren't thinking I was being nasty they just wanted to know what I was talking about because you know you don't get any audio with the slide deck yeah, and I was talking about the fact that uh, style guides are incredibly important now in terms of you know for my work anyway, moving that whole kind of style guide thing and turning it into a deliverable kind of a working document. It's like yeah. designing that at the beginning is kind of like designing you know you're designing all the elements at the yeah. beginning rather than documenting at the end. Anyway, um, and I was also telling them about how in the workshop I talk about taking a design and breaking it down and almost doing like a typographic audit. Yep. So you look at the typography just on its own, no, nothing else, just the typography on its own, just the colour on its own, the button shapes and stuff just on their own. And they were talking about um, the typeface that they had to use for this particular site. Um, mm. 
and how hard it was to find alternatives because they use this kind of like type oh, like fullbacks yeah well they no actually in terms of design too they're, they're using this uh i think it's courier actually um just you know kind of typewriter font yeah and how they could actually find you know maybe a better web font example right I and you know i pointed them towards typecast and you know explained to them how they can just hook it up to all of these different services and put real content in and then if they wanted to give the client, like, a few alternatives, they can just print out the style guide like a PDF. Yeah. And they were like, whoa, they'd never heard of it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, people love Typecast. I think as well, if, if, you're, if you're a designer who's kind of, say, come from print or something, it really helps you think about structure. Um, so, I don't know, when a lot of time when I'm... Um, marking up a, a design it, there's sort of several different styles for like h3 and it's kind of you know it, it's really it's really difficult to work out the system for that or is there even a system or is it just kind of you know here the the text is red mm. um or here the text is like one pixel smaller than than over here but when you when you kind of start off with a style guide and you say this is the kind of base this is the this is um, where all of the other styles get inherited from. That's so, so helpful. Yeah. And I know that we kind of bang on about typecast a lot. Um, I mean, it's not just because because they sponsor us. I mean, it, it is just something that, that I love to use. We got a tweet. I'm just looking at it here now um, to the unfinished uh, BZ account. Uh, Jim Panel. Mm-hmm. Um, he's at Jim Panel on Twitter. And he said, I have a new love in my life, typecast.com. Um, a huge thanks to Unfinished Biz for being the ultimate matchmaker. Well, you know, that's just nice, Aww. isn't it? You know, There's people... another one here um, from Meg, Meg Gillian, Gillian um, saying, I'm a bit in love with Typecast app. Thanks to Unfinished Business for the recommendation. Yeah, it's good. You know, if we can keep getting sponsors that we use and that people like, then that's, that's the best kind, I think. Yeah. So what's this I hear about you starting a company? Yeah, so that yeah. happened. <laughs> <laughs> Have you given it some crazy name? Oh, um, I just called it Maven Limited because that's my website URL and I kind of don't want anyone else to take the name. No. So why did but, you, why did, well, what have you done and, and, and why did you do it? Uh, I didn't really want to do it. Um, I mean, I should have done it a long time ago. When it, So when I started out... I set up as a sole trader because um, I was thinking, you know, I'm probably only going to do this for a few months. I might get a job. I don't want to, I don't want lots of paperwork. I don't want to have to worry about VAT or um, I just want it to be really simple. Just something that, um, because I was, I was doing kind of lots of different things and I wasn't sure if I wanted the sort of responsibility of running a company. Um. So I went down the sole trader route and I've been doing that for, for years now. And I just started working for a client um, who uses, I think it's like a procurement agency or something. Mm, and anyway. they said, oh, we don't, we don't work with sole traders. You have to be either a limited company or you have to work under a, an umbrella company. And I looked into both of the options uh, under an umbrella company, I'd, I'd have to do sort of I'd basically be an employee 
and I'd get PAYE. Um, with the limited company, um, I would deal with all that myself. Um, the, the thing that put me off the umbrella company was that uh, you have to pay them a fee. And I don't like the fact that it's basically a middleman. So an umbrella company, is this like, it's not like me just saying, I tell you what, you can use my company, you can bill everything through stuff. It's, I think it... Mm. I mean, did, are there companies that that's their thing, that's what they do, it's their job, their business to be umbrella companies for other people? Is that how it works? Yeah, I mean, some people do it for tax reasons, like they'll work with, say, an offshore umbrella company. I think that's a bit dodgy. Um probably get emails about that but are there actually companies that, that you know operate as umbrellas for yeah people like yeah me? there's quite quite a lot of them i mean i got a list they sent me a list of all of the the um sort of approved umbrella companies that they work with and it went on to onto two pages so there are like hundreds of companies that you can basically work for and they do all of the kind of you send them your timesheets and then they do all of the invoicing they do the kind of you know, chasing up the client if it goes unpaid. Wow. I never knew that sort of thing existed. Yeah, I mean, I, I knew about it a bit because um, when I was looking at doing some work in schools and one of the things that a lot of schools ask for is that you have a CRB check. And as an individual, you can't apply for a CRB check. You have to do it through a company. CRB. And so I was looking a uh, criminal record bureau uh, it's like a check to make sure that you don't have any convictions or anything right, okay. that it's safe for you to work with children. Okay. Um, and yeah, so it's, so you can go through an umbrella company and they'll do all of that and they'll, they'll, you'll basically be their client. Um, and they, they do that work on behalf of you. Uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's something I've only just started looking at. Um, but I just didn't like the idea of someone else doing that me and having to like they take a cut they also like I'd, I'd, I'd get less um, money every month um, because my day rate would be smaller because it goes through PAYE yeah. and you know I pay that tax eventually but it's just good to have that cash flow of having the rate that that I originally stated and rather than sort of paying the PAYE sort of first yeah so, I get a bit nervous talking about tax because I'm <laughs> no, <laughs> so I'm, worried I'm going to get it wrong. Yeah, well, I'm hopeless. Um, but no, it's interesting. I mean, I know that um, we, we did a, talking about procurement companies, we, we did uh, some work with this client in Germany mm. and they, you know, we gave them the quote and they, you know, they agreed the rate and then they said, oh yeah, and all of our, all of our procurement comes through this, this other company. So from now we're passing everything over to them and your mm. next contact will be with them. And it was quite interesting about sort of two or three days later, we get an email from this procurement company saying, so the rate we offer you is. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like 80% of yeah. what we'd quoted. And to be honest, we wanted to work with the client so much that we just kind of, you know, we just took it. Mm. Um, and we're making it up on expenses because they actually have quite a generous kind of expenses allowance. Yeah. And, you know, when I travel, I'm not exactly. You know, it's not exactly party central. I don't travel yeah. first class either. So, um, you know, we're, we're making it up in different ways. But, yeah, that's the first time that I've ever had a procurement company go, you know, this is actually what we're prepared to pay you. <laughs> it's difficult. I, I, I'm not sure I feel comfortable 
with a sort of procurement company, it just, there's a lot of paperwork to fill out. Um, I have to provide three years worth of references. So every client I've worked with and I've worked with about mm. 30 or 40 clients in the past three years, maybe. Um, maybe not that many, but it looks like a lot in free agent. <laughs> I wouldn't know where to start. Yeah. And you have to have references for all of those. Yeah. Oh my God. They said that they only check one, but. It's one, one at random out of the list then. Mm, probably. Oh. If it's a gap of more than 28 days, I have to provide a uh, reference for that, like a character reference. It's. <laughs> what? Yeah. what in, case, in case you're on holiday or. Yeah. <laughs> got, got nicked or something. Wow. So obviously there's a lot I mean you want to do the job and you want to you, I know, do, you, you yeah. want to work with the client. Yeah. Um it's a lot of hoops to jump through, yeah, but once I've done it once, that should be it. We had to do quite a lot of hoops with this government contract because it was a big consultancy company that we were working for and they wanted, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um but they Blimey, they didn't want every reference. They didn't want 30 <laughs> clients. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wonder what I'm going to do that. They've only got space for three references. Well, just give them three. Yeah. it's But then they'll say, well, where were you working these dates? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that they they don't need necessarily that all information, do they? It's just... Yeah, yeah. I had a chat with them on the phone and they're like, yeah, we need all of them. <laughs> wow. Said so, it's going to take a while. <laughs> so this is if you're going through an umbrella company, or no, you... no, this is just anyway. Right. So you have to you have to provide all these references for this particular client procurement company anyway. Yeah. Whether or not you're umbrellaed or you yeah you're on your own. Yeah, so it's going to be fun. Yeah, I didn't know about these umbrella companies. So. I can figure it out now, though. You know, they're going to want a they're going to want a fee, or they're going to want a percentage of your earnings. Yeah. And stuff so like I was that. looking at um, one of them is called Parasol, and I asked on Twitter, you know, what if I had to use an umbrella company, what would you recommend? And a lot of people said Parasol. Had to look at that. Um, it looked very kind of trustworthy. Um, I think they charge um, a. I, th- I think it's something like a, either a percentage or, or a fixed uh, fee, whether you're charged by by week or by month or by day and it would have come to about i think between 25 and 50 pound a week um yeah and it's yeah it i just don't feel i'm gonna have to go limited eventually anyway so i might as well do it now and be able to like not have to pay them that and um just, I just like I like being independent. I like not dealing with multiple layers of companies who you know, eventually pay me. Yeah, I know you have a lot more control. Is that what you did then? You set up your own limited company. <laughs> I went on. Um, so I, I had a look at the gov.uk site, which you can search like set up limited company, and it's got a page explaining how it works and uh, one of the links takes you off to a company's house where you can register a company. It costs £15. Um, you just fill out a very long form, a very confusing form. I didn't know what I was doing half the time. I should have asked my accountant to do it, but I just wanted to get it done that night. Um, it, I had to assign myself shares. Um, I had to set up a, a secretary. I set up 
myself as a secretary and um, I uh, gave myself, I allocated myself one share worth a pound and I had a chat with my accountant this morning. He said, that's fine. Um, one thing I, I would have done if I'd known I could, um, I set up my home address as the um, sort of company address and apparently you can set your like accountant's office as a company address mm. and that means that they get all the legal documents so i'm going to do that i'm going to change that of course and... if you change accountants you have to go back in and change all that kind of stuff as well yeah but it's you know you have to do that if you move well you have to do an annual thing don't you have like an annual submission yeah um yeah. with changes and, and stuff like that so i suppose that's at the point you do it yeah it was all very kind of, I, I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. The form was very confusing. Um, it's a bit like I'm the really GitHub hope... thing, isn't it? It's like it assumes you Except understand a Except it's kind of slightly knowledge. more <laughs> risk if you get it wrong. Well, I mean, we were, I think we were talking about this the other night on the phone, weren't we? And it's been a blooming long time since we set up stuff. I mean, it was 98. Um, so my memory of it all is a little bit hazy. But mm. I think we set, I think there's two directors. The form probably hasn't changed since then. Probably hasn't. We've got two directors, you know, me and two directors, and mm. she is company secretary. And yeah. I think we have a thousand shares each. Yeah. But And that means that you have to, um, when you set up the company, I think you have to put a thousand pounds or two thousand pounds, if it's a thousand pound each, into the company. Right. Or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, how much did you put in? Oh, I haven't. I haven't set up the bank account yet. Ah, right. Okay. But of course, yeah. Okay. But it would basically be a pound because I gave myself one share worth a pound. Hopefully, I hopefully didn't put it in wrong, and now I have to fund it with a million pounds or something. (laughs) Put it in the the piggy bank. (laughs) Yeah, that's my share. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I got a certificate at the end. Really, you got a share certificate? No, no, I got um. A, like registration of a limited company oh yeah keep that because you that's one of the other things they'll need for like you yeah can, you, oh it's a digital a copy it's, it's great it makes me feel very special <laughs> I, I think we've actually yeah, we've actually got one that we had to i might stick it on my wall you'll get you want to put it if you're going to do that you need to put it in a really crappy clip frame like, <laughs> <laughs> i'll put it next to my employee of the year uh posters yeah yeah you go to <laughs> You go to kind of lots of you know regular companies and they've got their certificates oh, of, in the uh, in the reception insurance. area and they've usually got their corporation incorporation certificate. Oh, that's another thing that I had to um, uh, I had to do for this uh, procurement company. I had to uh, provide them with my insurance. Yeah, it's, it's something I, I blogged about a while back about um, sort of hindsight and. Um, getting business insurance is really important because it means that you can work with sort of companies that require that you have business insurance. And that means I think they want employers insurance. Employers and, liability insurance. Yeah. yeah and public and indemnity insurance. That's it. Yeah. Those were the two that they and were profe- And for. professional indemnity insurance, I think is, a, is one. Yeah. yeah. I'm not exactly Mr. Clued up on this kind of stuff, but I do know that we've got like 10 million pounds worth of cover or something that we pay for. Mm. Yeah. They have the kind of, Yeah. And, I, and, so, and you get clients that ask for that kind of stuff. And I think to myself, geez, it's only a website. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it can be quite a, an important website, I guess. 
So I know that you can, and this is all kind of UK-based, isn't it? But I know that you can buy companies off the shelf and then change the names or something like that. But it yeah. sounds as if now, it maybe that's what you did why back would, in the day. But Why would you do that? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't sound like it was complicated. Mm. Apart from your big form. I just like to start fresh. I don't want a stinky old company. <laughs> no. No, I don't know. I think it's just kind of placeholder things. But, yeah. Oh, so that's good then. You're like, does it make, do you think it's going to make a difference? I mean, not just this particular client. Yeah, it's going to mean more paperwork, more kind of, I've got to really stand top of my accounts. Um, I've, I'm not very good at that at the moment. I have a whole like, (laughs) like Eiffel Tower of train receipts I haven't scanned in that I need to. And I do that every sort of four months or something. And, I need to. I need to really be on top of that because I'm going to register for VAT as well. Right. Okay. Then um, you, you need to start doing things in quarters. Then I think really every three yeah, months. Yeah. Exactly. And it, it'll be an interesting thing to talk about on the show, I think, because I basically I, I feel like I'm setting up. You yeah. Know, and I kind of am because being a sole trader is like it's it's a completely separate entity um, to a limited company that like I, I have to set up a different, I have to set up a new free agent account. I have to set up a new business account. You know, I've already got a business account, but I have to set up a different one. Um, so it's, it's kind of, you know, but it, it basically feels like starting from, from scratch. But it, does it feel as if you've kind of got this really nice opportunity to kind of like have a bit of a reboot? And a, oh and yeah. I'm going to like make business cards. Yeah. And- <laughs> Compliment slips. Oh yeah, that, that old school stuff. No, it's, it's oh no, good. you can do that in free agent. You can automatically send compliment slips. Yes, yeah, so just, I might do that. No, I just think it's really, it's really good because it, hopefully it might not that you need it probably, but you know, give you a, a new kind of outlook on things. It's like yeah, yeah I'll and, start again. And I mean, I was always Anna Devenham trading as Maben, and now I'm just going to be Maben Limited. Do you think it's going to make a difference to your credibility with clients? being a limited uh, company i don't think that really matters the sorts of clients i work with they you know i'm i'm brought in as a sort of contractor and they don't care whether i'm a company or not the only person who cares about that is uh the accounts office mm. but it should be it should be fun i think yeah so, no it's good we went the accounting bit won't be but ah, you know, I, can, I can mind about that on here <laughs> you just pay somebody else to do the accounts because yeah. you know the amount of time that you it would take for you to sit and struggle with it, you know we, we have we have a guy Jared that comes in um, once a quarter, and you know he does a bit of a paperwork tidy up and he does you know balance sheets and you know debtors lists and stuff like that and he does right. a VAT and he comes in for a few hours and it costs us like you know hundred quid or something yeah. and you know maybe two hundred quid I don't know what he charges, but. God, how long would it take me to sit and figure that kind of stuff out? It's been like a whole day that I, yeah. like, that I could be spending. Well, apparently learning. it's um, apparently it's really easy in free agent, which is what I'm using, and you can just sort of it just works out for you, and you just press a button. I think it submits it to the VAT people. Yeah, and your accountant will tell you all about the things that you need to do on like a regular basis with Companies House. Yeah, and I'll repeat them on here and make myself sound smart. I'll just <laughs> repeat him verbatim what he says. <laughs> yeah, I want to get him on the show. He's he's good. Yeah, yeah. We've we've got a new accountant now, and 
he, he sounds like he knows his stuff, this guy. That's always good. <laughs> well, we've, we've, had, we've had three three accountants over the years, including this one, and uh, we've had some good advice and some bad advice over the years. And I, I finally think that this guy understands the kind of business that we run. Yeah. And he kind of understands how, um, how I'm kind of like money phobic. So he just knows not to talk to me about certain things. <laughs> so it's a bit like, a bit like, you know, when you hire a designer or something, you know, he doesn't try to explain to me, like I, I wouldn't try to explain to a client about, you know, why I need to do this design in a certain way. I'm yeah. just going to talk to them about, you know, well, what do you want to achieve? And just let me take care of it. Yeah. And, and, and Clive's pretty much like that. So. Yeah. I, I tried to my accountant. Um, I basically, I, I just sat down and, Googled for accountants in Brighton and I had, I spent a couple of hours just looking through all the different websites. Um, and I picked, um, my accountant Keith because the website was the nicest. Uh, I had a look at the code and it was really nice. Um, and yeah, a lot of accounts websites are really bad. Um, and I rang him up and it turns out he works exclusively in sort of new media companies and, and he had lots of other clients who, did the same thing as me. And I think that's really important. I think if you have an accountant who doesn't really understand the web or isn't very clued up about the industry as a whole, um, that can, you know, they can get quite surprised by some things. And, mm. But because he's like, all of his clients are basically digital agencies or, um, you know, they work in, in IT. He's able to, like, he just knows exactly what I need to do. Yeah. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. I want to talk to you about Beyond Telerand for a minute. Brilliant. <laughs> and uh, we'll come back to that in a second. So Beyond Telerand is a conference and a workshop event for the web community that's created by our good friend Mark Thiel. And this year's event is in uh, Dusseldorf in Germany uh, in May. That's May 27th to the 29th. And Mark's one of the best conference organisers that I know. And everything about Beyond Telerand has his personal style apply to it even the speakers it's like he chooses people that he'd like to speak and listen to and then he just invites an audience to come and listen in with him oh it's great this year's speakers include josh brewer from twitter I mentioned him before he's getting around a bit, <laughs> he's getting around a bit. and uh, amandy brown who's the co-founder and ceo of uh, editorially which i haven't had a beta invite to yet but we won't grumble <laughs> uh, blaine cook aaron gustafson our friend elliot j stocks uh, James Victory and uh, Brad Frost as well. And there are four more speakers to be announced, including, well, we can tell one today. Uh, it's Christian Harmon. He's going to be speaking this year. And he's hilarious. Oh, I love his talks. He's so funny. Um, <laughs> and he always illustrates his slides with like amazing kind of found photography. <laughs> yeah. So I love that kind of stuff. Everything I read about Beyond Telerand just makes me want to go there. Uh, Simon Collison, he's uh, a friend of ours and runs the New Adventures Conference in Nottingham, or has done for the last three years. He said, Beyond Telerand is an eclectic lineup across numerous aspects of design development. Mark Teal, the host, excels at all the details, and he really does. There's every single detail is taken care of. And, you know, Simon knows a thing or two about good conferences. One of the things that Mark does really well is he videos all the events, and then he publishes the videos online for everyone else. So even if you don't get to go there, you get to watch the videos later, which is really good. And the videos are on Vimeo. So have a look at vimeo.com slash beyond for 
past events. So this year, Beyond Talleyrand is happening in Dusseldorf in Germany, May 27th to the 29th, and tickets are on sale now for €249. So to find out more and book your ticket, go to byndit slash unfinishedbz. And use the offer code unfinished2 for 10% off the standard ticket price. That's beyond Telerand. Yay! <laughs> yeah, no, it's really important to get somebody working with you that kind of understands the business. I think getting an accountant was uh, one of the best decisions that I made when I started out. Um, and I, I got one really early on as well. Uh, I didn't want to go the whole year and then panic at the last minute and be like, oh, I've got to do my tax return. And, and I don't know how, because there are all these forms and I hate forms. And um, it was just really nice to have someone who could say, you know, here's what you've got coming up. Um, here are some tips on how to make your first year easier. And, you know, a good accountant really does pay for themselves. I think. Oh, no, definitely. We had um, our first accountant. I think we just asked somebody that we knew. Yeah. So, you know, anybody locally. And there was this company. And they were pretty old school. Two guys, um, both in their kind of mid-50s at the time. And we got on with them really well. In fact, we even did design their website back in the day. I think it was the first website they'd ever had. Um, and, you know, we worked with them. And we, we really liked them. And we worked with them for years. I think they were, they were our accountants for like 10 years or something. And we didn't really think anything of it. You know, we used to, like, push stuff their way and they would, you know, they'd be there if we asked. But we, in the end, there was lots of new people. The, the, the two old guys kind of retired and went off and played golf. <laughs> and we just didn't have the same connection with the people that came after. Um, and then the other thing was we kept saying, we kept at the end, the end of every year, because we've always done all right, you know. And mm. at the end of every year, every October, we wrote a whacking great check in, in terms of corporation tax. Right. You know, every year I'd be writing a, you know, I'd be writing a double digit thousand check to the to the tax man. Mm. And I'd say to them, surely there's something that we can do to, you know, not pay as much tax. Do I need to buy some shiny Max or something? And they're going, oh, no, it's just because you're doing so well, you have to pay the tax, which yeah, of course you do, you know. Yeah. Um, but I was always a bit unconvinced about that. And then we get a new accountant and he's going, do you have a pension? <laughs> and we're yeah. going... No, it's one of the things we need to sort out. He said, you know, you're stupid. You should be taking that money that you would have paid in corporation tax and putting it into a company pension for the two of you, and then you don't have to pay it, and then it's yours. And we're like going, Jesus Christ, if we'd have had that mm. advice 10 years ago, if that was just the rules 10 years ago, we'd be like halfway towards our pension target. Yeah. Um, it's, so, it's so important to get a second opinion yeah, if you're not sure. Yeah. I know so many people who've worked with accountants, with accountants who just kind of, who haven't been on the ball, and like, you know, they they could have saved so much in tax, or um, could have earned more if they'd known about sort of specific things, and and it's just really frustrating when you when you learn that you kind of that you could have that you've lost out on that. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I'm not going to say how much we should have paid into that pension thing instead of paying it to the tax man, but it was a lot, um, and it makes me squirm to think about it. But, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, it is. It's really important. I don't want to give the impression that I'm deliberately dodging tax or anything. Oh, I God, never, no. I'd never want to do that. No, no, um, no, no, no. But there are things that 
that you can do to just make you it's not it's not paying less tax but it's it's helping you earn more um or structuring things differently so that um so that you you can sort of tweak things or um you can claim things that you didn't think that you could collect uh, that you could claim uh there didn't think that you could come (laughs) (laughs) don't edit that out (laughs) you can claim things that you didn't think that you could claim and i think that's that's really important i mean that's what having your own company i suppose uh is going to give you the flexibility to do which you wouldn't have if you'd have just gone through this umbrella malarkey uh i mean you know you you can pay yourself a certain amount in terms of salary and then you can pay the rest in dividends yeah i've just learned about that um so my accountant told me that from sort of next tax year i can pay myself basically 641 pounds a month and then that's kind of payroll Mm, that's it and then I can, like, if I need more, I can take money out as dividends. Yeah. And I'd... that means that I still get, um, like, national insurance. Yep. Um, and that's yeah, a I, common I don't thing. really understand how it will work. But no, I don't. It's, it's, but it's a like, common it thing works. for people to do. It's, yeah. You know, it is a common thing to people to do. And the most important thing to, to, to realise is that, you know, the business that you've set up is a separate entity to Anna. Yeah. Now, that means that, you know, it can have its own expenses and it can have its own liabilities and it can yeah, have I've its own Yeah, I've heard that um, being a sole trader, if I were, if I owned a house and, say, someone sued me or something, um, I could potentially use a house because I am that company, basically. Yeah. But as a, as a limited uh, company, because it's limited liability, you're separate from from that company so you're you're, the only things that you lose are your assets yeah the company assets not like your home so i think that's really important um i mean it it didn't really matter to me before because um i don't own very much you know i don't have a car i I rent um if someone were to take everything i owned it wouldn't really amount to very much you know um but if i um you know if i if i had a home uh, that i owned that would be much more of a risk. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that was, I don't think that was the reason why we set up Limited right at the beginning, but it's certainly, you know, certainly one of the good things about it. But I, the reason, one of the reasons why I set up as sole trader is um, I was studying at the same time and it's just really nice to, like, it, say you are a student and you're doing work, uh, like you're earning money, even if it's just a little bit, you have to declare that to the tax man. And you could either go through a whole rigmarole of setting up a company or you could just set up as a sole trader, which is really easy to do. And, you know, it's nice. It's just a nice thing to do if you um, if you want to be able to earn money um, and you don't you, you maybe want to work for a company a bit later. So that's what I'd recommend to people if they're sort of, you know, if they are earning money, even even if it's a very small amount um, is to set up as a as a sole trader but if you if you want to take it more seriously you know if you want to to do that then set up as a limited company and talk to an accountant first because they will be able to tell you what your options are yeah absolutely um, i mean i think it was the right thing for us um and we'd have had to have been a company at some point and we'd have had to be vat registered at some point yeah and it's two of you as well yeah so that's you can't really be a sole trader with two people but no, it's, it's so far at least it's it's worked out for us. 
Um, but good luck with that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to want to have one of your Maven limited business cards. <laughs> Got to make them first. <laughs> well, you can get like little moo cards or something. Yeah. Oh, I might get some from Blush. Oh, no, you should get some from Blush. Oh, I should totally do that. You should definitely get some from Blush and not that, I shouldn't really say this, the crappy ones that you see on TV for where you get like 500 for a fiver. <laughs> Clip art on them. <laughs> they are. Oh, update. Very brief update mm-hmm. um, about oh, my the, stolen the, artwork. Yeah. Nothing's happened so far. Uh, I haven't heard back from the guy, but I did get an email from a very nice lady today, completely unrelated, to say, I've used your 320 and up. Um, on a new design for our uh, our charity, um, mm-hmm. you know, it worked out really well. Thank you for thank you for publishing that. Um, I just oh. wanted to make sure that it was also okay because I've used your little scooter guy, um, <laughs> and I've changed him a bit in Photoshop so he doesn't look quite the same. But I just wanted to make sure that it was okay. Oh. And at least she asked. Um, so I had to write back and go, <laughs> "No, it's not. It's absolutely not okay." <laughs> And please take it off right away, which she did, and she apologised. Oh, so, yeah, yeah uh, I don't know, some people, hey. Well, at least she asked. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, no, good, I want a business card. Okay. <laughs> and I want the full set of stationery. Oh, good grief. <laughs> <laughs> we should, should, we, yeah, we, we should, should wrap it up. <laughs> so, um, you can email me at hehasunfinished.bz and... Anna at she has at unfinished.bz or you can either the both of us at they have at unfinished.bz and you can find all the links we mentioned in this episode in the show notes they're at unfinished.bz slash 10 that's the number 10 and to ask us questions and suggest topics message us on twitter at unfinished.bz thanks again to our fantastic sponsors this week typecast and beyond Teleland. With Typecast, you can quickly style type in the browser and check for readability, rendering and beauty as you work. Find out more at typecast, about Typecast at typecast.com forward slash unfinished. Beyond Teleland is a conference and workshop event for the web community. Beyond Teleland is happening May 27th to the 29th in Dusseldorf in Germany. Cool. See you next week. See you next week. Take your time. Come on, grab your friends. We'll go to Okay. I wish we were doing a video podcast. I wish this was a video podcast. Why? Because you would then be able to see the expression on my face. Oh, you didn't like Adventure Time. (laughs) Just explain. All right, so despite the fact that I am adamant that at some point we are going to start at the beginning of the Tarantino movies... And work our way forward. <laughs> Never. We are going to do this. You must let me be this. OCD. Um, <laughs> you said you wanted to watch a Studio Ghibli movie. Yeah, straight and, away. Right. So I was in London and I went to HMV, the big one on Wait, the wait, wait. People voted for us to watch we, that. Okay, they did. Oh, well, about, well, okay, well, about three people on Twitter said that. Oh, come on. It was like 30. <laughs> You asked, should we watch a Tarantino movie or should we watch a Ghibli movie uh, or a Ghibli cartoon? Yeah, yeah, Ghibli and then cartoon. everyone said, a couple of people said Tarantino, but they also said they'd never seen a Ghibli film. Um, and everyone else said we should watch Spirited Away. Okay, yeah, that was the one that came up. So I was in London and I thought, 
because I, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it on yeah, iTunes. It's not on, it's not on iTunes. Um, so it's not on Netf- uh, Netflix or Love Film. Oh, it might be on Netflix. They won't let you browse if you no, don't have an and account. I, I couldn't find it in any of those other places that you find films either. Yeah. So I was in London yesterday and I went to uh, HMV, the big one on Oxford Street, and they've got a pathetic little anime section and they didn't have it. So I was, I was texting you, like, right, OK, I'm going to run to the Virgin Megastore, which is like the, the other end of Oxford Street, uh, down at Tottenham Court Road. So <laughs> I, I was on the way home, pegged it down, uh, down Oxford Street. And of course, I don't know when the last time I was in London, but it's not there anymore. I don't think any Virgin Megastore. Well, maybe they're not, but I mean, what do I know about record shops? And it was it was a Primark. And strangely enough, they didn't have any anime. Did you, did you go in? <laughs> they didn't have Where's any anime. Where's the DVDs? <laughs> they didn't have it. So, yeah, so I was a bit screwed. And so I have ordered it now on Amazon. Oh, good. So we'll be able it's to It's a great it. film. I mean, I, I'm not sure if you'll appreciate it. I think Sue will really like it, but... Yeah, you're a difficult one. Well, no, I'd, I'm going to watch it with an open mind, um, which is how I approached watching <laughs> Adventure Time. Um, yes. Now, I made you watch, um, It's the episode is called... My Two Favourite People. My Two Favourite People. And I, I chose this one because it's... A lot of, a lot of Adventure Times are quite um, out there. And this one has a nice kind of, you, you get to meet a few of the key characters, which is like Jake and Finn and Lady Rainicorn. Right. So I was okay with that up until 15 seconds. <laughs> 15 seconds is where I lasted because at that point. Oh, it's, it's got the bit with the science cat and uh, the shark. Who the hell knows? No, it's the bit where, like, the, is he a dog? Yeah. Right. So he's got like long spaghetti legs. Yeah, and... he's a, he's a stretchy dog. He can he can shape shift into any shape. That's right. his like superpower. Okay. Because I got to that. I'm looking at here. Seventeen seconds in, and I'm already freaked out. Then I realise he's Jake the dog, and then there's Finn the human. Which I'm I'm I'm, listen, I'm with it at this point. And they're climbing up. This is still in the introduction. They're climbing mm-hmm. up a mountain, and I can gather that it's a bit of a weird guy. And a very weird dog, right? I, I can get that. Bit. It's, a, it's a boy. It's like thirteen. Okay, well I couldn't tell that anyway. So anyway, I'm okay. And anyway, so we're watching it in the office this afternoon, and uh, and I'm sitting here with a face on, in complete. <laughs> but it's like that teenager face, like. No, oh, no, it's just. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm watching it. And yeah, I'm, not, I'm going into this with an open mind, and I, but I, but I do have a bit of a deadpan look on my face, to be perfectly honest. And Sue, our designer, is sitting watching it at the same time, and she's laughing. Yeah, it's brilliant. She's laughing at this bit, and yeah, the bit where there's there's a bit where he, uh, the dog just dials a phone number. Yeah, and she's laughing. I'm like, well, what's funny about that? It's just so funny because he's just dialed somebody to like come in and make them jealous. And I'm like, <laughs> so. <laughs> I said, uh, oh, yeah. I, I thought at the beginning, right, that it was going to be a bit surreal yeah. and a bit kind of uh, psychedelic, and I can handle that. You know, I like I like Yellow Submarine and you know, kind of psychedelic Beatles movies. 
So I can handle that bit. And the uni- even the unicorn thing, whatever Rainicorn. That is, rainicorn, right? Did not freak me out. I, I didn't... Yeah. She's brilliant. She speaks in Korean. Is this where this comes from? No, no. Oh, okay. It's American. Because, well, okay. anyway, didn't freak me out. One minute 31 in and we get the... What was she called again? Lady Rainicorn. Lady Rainicorn. And he offers her, like, half an orange. And I'm thinking, okay, just go with it, Andy. Just, just like, it's, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's Jake's girlfriend. Yeah. And there's a, why there's half an orange, I don't know. But anyway, just, just, just go with it. You don't have to understand everything. It, right at the start, he's like, oh, I'm going to see Lady Rainicorn. I'll, I'll bring her half an orange. Yeah. So I can get that bit. And I'm thinking, don't take this, you know, don't try and overanalyze it, Andrew. <laughs> just, just kind of go with it. Um, which is kind of where I was. And the, you know, okay. I'm, I'm, Bearing with it. <laughs> and, you know, I'm bearing with it, you know, when they find that communicator thing and they, the translator. Yeah, so they get, um, they're looking for a translator because um, Finn can't understand. But basically, Jake um, keeps hanging out with Lady Rainicorn, but he's kind of sad because he also likes hanging out with Finn, his best friend. And um, Finn likes hanging out with Jake, but he can't understand what Lady Rainicorn's saying because she speaks Korean and only Jake understands Korean. And so um, they, Jake's like, oh, well, let's spend time together and you can get to um, know my girlfriend. And so they go on a picnic and um, Jake's like, oh, you guys have so much in common. You both like jokes. I'll tell a joke. Um, I'll, you know, and, and, and Finn tells a joke. And then Jake translates it. You know this episode off by heart. Yeah, I've watched it a few times. Um, yeah, so Jake Jake translates Finn's joke, which doesn't translate very well. And um, or rather, Lady Rainicorn's kind of embarrassed by it because she knows that the I think the answer to the joke is is poo or something like really immature. And she's like, oh, that's that's just immature. And uh, Jake says, oh, it didn't translate very well. Um, and then Lady Rainicorn tells a joke in Korean and, and, and Jake's listening and he's like laughing a lot and saying it's really funny, but he can't explain it to Finn because it doesn't translate. So he says, let's go and find, um, a universal translator that will translate everything that Lady Rainicorn's saying so that she speaks English. And so they go to, um, this lake and because he, he says, oh, I, I threw it, I, I had it, and then I threw it in a lake, but I can't remember why. So let's just go and get it. And so they dive down into the bottom of a lake to get it. And um, Lady Rainicorn puts it on. And it's really funny because there's different voices. And the only ones, the only voices, there's sort of alien, there's nerd, and there's old man. And alien and, and nerd just sound like you, you can't make out what she's saying. The old man sounds like you can understand what she's saying, but she sounds like an old man. And that's that's really funny. <laughs> How can you even remember all this stuff? I mean, I'm... Yeah. Okay, so answer me this, because it's not like I don't like kind of stuff that I don't understand. You know, psychedelic stuff or whatever. You know, I can... I, can do, I, I don't need to be, to, to be understanding anything. Um, and, I, and I don't need it to be laugh a minute. Right. I yeah. mean, it's not slapstick comedy. You know, I like a bit of slapstick, but and I like other cartoons that have got slapstick. But who is this for? I mean, I've got because <laughs> I tweeted about the fact that I was watching it, and people said, 
um, oh dear, stop watching now. My brother, 10, he watches it constantly. <laughs> Somebody else says here, my kids and husband love it. And she loves it too, by the way. Um, and is, is it kids? It's meant, I think it's meant to appeal to a lot of people. So kids love it. Students love it. Um, and right, they're pissed. <laughs> it's a, it's a bit like, um, I used to watch SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah, something else it? I've never, I tell you what, I've got a bit of a beef about SpongeBob because I've never, <laughs> I've never actually watched the episode of SpongeBob, but in, <laughs> in French, he is Bob l'Eponge, <laughs> Bob the Sponge. And in Spanish, he's uh, Bob Eponia, which is basically Bob the Sponge. Again, mm-hmm. so they miss out the whole pants square part of it. He's just <laughs> Sponge called Bob. And in, um, in German, it's SpongeBob Schwarmkopf or something like that, which is basically SpongeBob Square Head. <laughs> is what it translates to. So they completely miss out on the whole pants thing for, in Europe. They have no idea what we're talking about. We're talking about the pants part. So I've never watched that. But, you know... So you, you don't like the fact that he has square pants? No, I just, just have to start like the fact that the Europeans don't get the whole translation. Um, why, why does Bob <laughs> the Sponge like missing out on all Maybe pants aren't as funny in part of his countries. Bob les pantalons or something. I don't know what it is. So, I mean, I, I know, because I like The Simpsons, right? I yeah. love The Simpsons. You know, nothing better than sitting down with a cup of tea. Oh, do you, do you like Futurama? Never watched it. What? Never watched Futurama. But, you know, I like oh The Simpsons. God. And, you know, I like it because it's, I think The Simpsons is an adult cartoon that kids might like and not understand. Yeah. You know? and, and Adventure Time is too. I mean, this isn't a very good example. This episode isn't a good example of that. But they've got another one, which is... Like a whole kind of, um, they've got a political rap in it, and they talk about geodesic domes, and it's like, yeah, kids aren't going to understand that, but adults will, and then they'll think it's really funny because they're rapping. Yeah, it's twelve-year-old rapping about geodesic domes and um, farmers markets, and it's kind of. There are a lot of jokes in there that are really kind of like adult jokes, but not kind of. You know, not rude adult jokes. They're just they're funny because it's not something that a child will come out with. Um, I just think I'm, I must be just some kind of sad old fart there because I didn't laugh once. That's really? bad, isn't it? Not once. I sat there oh. with a sort of a. And it wasn't like I mean, okay. I have to confess that I have a little bit of a tendency in my personality where. If I decide beforehand that I'm not going to enjoy something, <laughs> I knew this would happen. Right, that I won't enjoy it no matter what, right? Because I'm I am still a salty teenager, and I do this. I do it with theatre too. I mean, Sue's used to say she's given up now. Oh, it'd be nice if we go to theatre Cluid and you know there's a Midsummer Night's Dream on or something. Um, it's supposed to be really good. So you know we go there and I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I, mean, I hate Shakespeare anyway, but you know I I'm not enjoying it before I before I even sit down. And I'll sit there with a grumpy face all the way through. And I know I shouldn't do that. But I didn't do that with Adventure Time. I thought, no, no, come on, Andrew, just give it, you know, give it a fair chance. But I did get all the way through and I didn't chuckle once. Oh, I, was, I couldn't tell whether it was supposed to be a comedy or not. You know, and mm. there's the bit at the end where somebody spits in somebody's face. Or, yeah. you know, and I'm thinking, 
I imagine my sort of, you know, six, seven-year-old nephew watching this. It's like, well, maybe I'm just sounding old now, but I just didn't think it was appropriate. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, but it's not that I don't like cartoons, though, because, you know, I love cartoons. I just, maybe I just don't understand these, these, these newfangled ones. <laughs> I was going to suggest that you watch another one, but I really don't think... I think you've just, you, you, you just don't like the, the kind of concept of it. It's not that you didn't enjoy this episode. It's just, I think it's, it's a very kind of Marmite thing. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, okay, so I asked you, and you didn't do it because you didn't have time, you didn't pick up Twitter, but I asked you to watch a Dastardly and Muttley I've cartoon. seen Dastardly before and I hate it because it's old. Right, so this is maybe, I can tell you what, <laughs> Anna, I'm sorry to say that this might be that point in our relationship where we realise that we are incompatible when it comes to <laughs> cartoons. Because <Right? laughs> I love Wacky Races and Dastardly and Muttley. Oh, I bet you like the Jetsons. Never watched it. <sighs> Never watched it. Stop the Pigeon, though. Stop. What? Oh, yeah. You know, Dastardly and Muttley and their fly machines. Where... Oh, Okay. Wacky races, perils of Penelope Pitstop. Uh, I'll get you, Penelope Pitstop. Hi, hi, it's a hooded clown. Right? They're funny. Because they're funny because, like, you know, crazy things happen. There's lots of yeah, slapstick. Like airplanes crashing, like, loads of stuff. And, you know, ah. Oh. Why, why, why don't you like Dastardly and Muttley? Just it's sold. not because it's like every. Like it used to be on Cartoon Network, and I'd, I'd be watching like Dexter's Laboratory or something, and and then it would come on, and it'd be like, oh great, this is on, but I'm too tired to change the channel, and it would just be like the butt of every joke was the same yeah. every episode. Like it's just like watching the same episode but in a kind of different order, and but with Adventure Time, it's really deep. I mean, it's like. It's all set in a post-apocalyptic Earth. Well, maybe like I, where did, there's... I just didn't get the references or something. I don't know. <laughs> Perhaps I should watch another one. Did you watch and it's got more colours and stuff. Pretty yeah, colours. I don't know. I, it, it didn't do anything for me. Do you Should like... I send you another one? Well, yeah, you can do, and I'll give it yeah. a go. Do you like Scooby-Doo? No. Okay. For I the used... same reason, it's I... like, oh, they found a, another ghost. Oh, oh, look, it's just someone in a costume. Well, oh. Yeah, but then that's kind of the chat. I mean, Scooby Doo was good. The original one, Scrappy Doo, when he got introduced. Oh, I hate really Scrappy Doo. Crap. No, the crappiest thing. It's like you want you want to strangle Scrappy Doo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just a humour thing. We were talking about this film today. Um, have you ever seen a movie called Four Lions? Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you like Four Lions? Is it the one about the terrorists? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> and we were talking about that again in the, in the studio today. And Sue was saying, I watched it with my husband. And you know, we had to turn it off after half an hour. We couldn't figure out why everybody liked it. Really? Didn't find it funny at all. Hmm. You know, and the guy, you know, the guy blows himself up and takes a few sheep with him. And you're like, you're like, it's your funny because... It shouldn't be funny, but it is. The funniest thing was uh, one of our very good friends, who's a very strict Muslim, bought us that DVD. <laughs> and said, you've got to watch this. And half of the time now, it's like we're watching it and we go, I can't believe Saki gave us that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good. No, so it's not like we... Okay, so we we think that that's funny. 
we can agree on four lines then. I think it's Adventure Time maybe it's got a very specific humour. Um and I think there are a lot of references in it as well to kind of internet memes and um if you maybe if you don't get them then you, you don't I, I know it's not for everyone and i know lots of people who've watched it and just haven't got it at all but to the people who do get it they're like where has this been on all my life i i can't believe like where does I've it been come missing from out. you said it's american so is it i mean it's on cartoon network presumably yeah yeah and how many episodes are there in total oh there's like I think they're on the fifth season. Oh, it's right. only four seasons here, but I think they're either on the fifth or the sixth season in in America. And they're all about kind of ten minutes long. Yeah. Wow. There's, but the thing the thing that I like about it is that every um, season, Finn gets a bit older. It's not like cartoons where they they don't age. You know that there'll be things that change in it, depending on the storyline. There is a whole storyline that goes through it. Um, things like, uh, yeah, J- uh, Finn gets older. As he gets older, he kind of, he has sort of feelings that he's not sure about. And Well, maybe um, I'm just missing that whole thing then. You know, because it, you've it's, got... It, the, the humour's very kind of silly. There are a lot, like, certainly in the newer episodes, there are a lot more kind of fart jokes. And you I can tell that. they're trying to, they're trying to appeal to very sort of young children. I hate that. <laughs> um, no, I do. I mean, you know, I, 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 I like carry on movies, but I hate, you know, I hate, I hate fart jokes. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't like them either. But you can, you can tell they put them in there for kind of um, for that audience. But there are a lot of jokes things, in there. You parachuted me in, like what halfway through one yeah. season or something, right? So, is this one of the things where people say, "Oh, you got, you know, you got to give it some time," and then it's brilliant? Hmm. No, I think it's just the, the the episodes that you watch first, maybe. Um, so what the what, the first one I ever watched was brilliant, and I was like, I have to watch another one. Um, but if I'd seen one that wasn't so good, I might not have fallen in love with it like I did. What's that? I remember seeing somebody raving about us just years ago. Somebody raving about some cartoon with a chicken and a cow or something. Right? Oh, cow and chicken. Yeah, but that might be it then. Cow and chicken. And I watched. Yeah, it I used to love that, and you... then I watched it again recently, and it was. <laughs> Really? I remember sitting in somebody's apartment, you know, around a conference or somebody like that, or else now, and watching it and thinking, "What the bloody hell is this?" Yeah, now that's kind of that's a really strange one. I always thought. Yeah, don't don't get it. I mean, it's yeah. It's like Ren and Stimpy. That's a very kind of specific humour. I think. Never watched that either. Never watched that. No, I just wondered whether it was that kind of thing, like you know, Mad Men. You just have to like watch it. The or the Wire. People always say. No, I think that Adventure Time is something like if you don't, you know, if you don't enjoy it, it's probably not because it's it's probably because you you just don't like that sort of thing. Do you watch The Office? Did you like The Office? Uh, I've only seen the U- the US one. Oh, okay. And I, I like that. <laughs> yeah. See, I never got into the UK one. Yeah. And people, you know, raved about that. And um, Alan Partridge. Yeah, that took me a long time to enjoy. Yeah, I think that's because that humour as well is, um, yeah, it's a, it's difficult unless you, you get all the references and um, 
it's it's a very sort of cringy humor as well yes, and i don't really i don't generally like that no but i don't like that when i kind of got used to it and knew what to expect it's kind of it's a bit easier to watch <laughs> yeah i know and I mean, it's making me think about you know what my actual sense of humor is mm. um but it ain't this sorry anna oh but i did give it a go yeah, well done for giving it a go. And I, well, it's only 10 minutes. Oh, I, I really didn't think you would never gonna get enjoy back. it, but I really hoped you would. <laughs> do, you want, do you want me to send you another one? Yes. Yeah, se- send me another one and I'll give it another go. And, you know, we might. You know. Well, I'll send you one that's a lot weirder, but has much more adult humour in it. Okay. And by next week, we should have Spooted Away on DVD. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah, no, I'm actually looking forward to watching that one because you know a lot of people have said, "Oh, you're going to really, really like it." Yeah. Um, Again, I'm, I'm not. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't, but you probably will. Well, we're off to Japan, aren't we? First of yeah. April, so I better get into it. Well, you are. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame it wasn't online. Um, I really hate license and things like that because you know who, but who goes out and buys a physical disc. Well, me, £8.25. Or who can, you know, in the next few months. I know. Yeah, we'll do that. All right. Brilliant. I'll see you next week. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.